I have an owner, and he's Superman. My dog's the best, but he's not the greatest with other animals. What is taking my owner so long? Well, well, well. If it isn't the Justice League. Superman? Strong. I should be a lot more dead right now, right? My best friend is in danger, and you have to help me. Well, we're just a bunch of shelter pets. <gasps> but they're stronger than you think. The mighty oink. <laughs> I didn't see anything. Shell on wheels. Where the heck am I? Indestructodog. Great. When one has an abundance of power, they have a certain duty to use that power to... Sorry, you were saying something? How much did you have to drink? I had two toilet bowls and a bidet. Bidet too, which is, which is crazy. I didn't even know that was a thing, but it's like a dog water fountain. Oh. Out of the way, cat child. Ace, deploy canine shield. What is a canine? <laughs> Evade! Excellent shielding. That seemed incredibly painful. Uh, anybody want to switch powers? Ciao, my people, and welcome to our 156th episode of Happiness in Darkness, the superhero movie podcast, where we discuss superhero movies from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse Image, and more. Naturally, there will be spoilers, folks, so you have been warned. I'm one of your co-hosts, DJ Nick, and joining me today are two great guest co-hosts. On one side, making his return to the podcast, Mr. Case Aiken. Hey, Case, how are you today? Hey, Nick, so glad to be back. <laughs> <laughs> very happy to have you back, sir. It's been way too long. We're very, very happy to have you back on this particular uh, review for sure. And on the other, making his debut on the podcast is Mr. Joey DiCarlo. Hey, Joey, how are you? And welcome to the podcast. Hello. Uh, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, thank you for the uh, the Italianization of my last name. I really appreciate it there for a second. <laughs> but only 14%, right? <laughs> only 14% of me was really excited, but... You know, damn you, Ancestry.com. But yeah, I'm, it's great to be here. I'm excited to talk about pets and super pets. So. Oh, you, I am too, because today, folks, we are discussing DC's League of Super Pets from 2022. This was directed by Jared Stern at his second directed film. His first one is actually Happy Anniversary. And Stern co-wrote this film with John Whittington, while the score was provided by Steve Yablonski. And on estimate, putting today's money, of course, this movie cost $90 million to make and so far has made $147 million at the box office. So not too bad for a movie all about pets, I suppose. So uh, actually, Joey, starting with you, as you are at your debut here on the podcast, what were your general impressions and thoughts on this movie? Uh, I, I didn't really like this movie. <laughs> oh. So, Uh-oh. Yeah, I, I was not a big fan. Um, it felt mostly like a wet fart uh, of a movie. Um, you know, I'm a parent. And as a parent, I've seen a lot of really bad kids movies, like a lot of really bad kids movies. It's just it's just part and parcel of being a parent, you know, uh, and this would go in that category with me of just like bad kids movies. It, it took me about four tries to get through the movie uh, there. I kept, kept checking the uh, the time over and over again. 
Uh, most of the jokes, to me at least, didn't land. Uh, it, it was rough. It was rough. It was a slog. It felt really uneven and all over the place. And I just was not a fan of uh, DC League of Super Pets, unfortunately. So. Oh, well, but uh, when it actually comes to your superhero fandom, I mean, are you more Team Marvel, Team DC, or do you kind of uh, indulge in a little bit of both? I, I think I'm a little bit of both. I would probably lean more Marvel than DC. I've always been more of a Marvel guy, even I'm old as dirt. So going back a million years, uh, 21st started reading comics, but I'm not like anti DC or anything like that. And I'm not like out here uh, marching to restore the Snyder verse or anything like that either. <laughs> but I'm, I, you know, I, I, I'm pretty even handed. I would say it's a pretty even handed with both. I, I love superheroes. I love comics. I just want to see quality product. So. Totally fair. And uh, Case, last time you were here discussing a Marvel property, and here you are discussing a DC one. So what did you make of this one? I love this movie. <laughs> Uh-oh. Really <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I'm not going to, you know, try, try, try to butt heads with you about this one, but I, I really enjoyed it. I, I chuckled a lot at the jokes. I thought uh, I, I was very excited for it going in because I as the host of a Superman podcast, I'm always down to talk about crypto, the super dog. So I was very, very excited about that. I thought that a lot of it was really charming. I thought Vanessa bear was really fun. Um, so I might just be an easy mark for particularly the humor of this one, but I, I found that there was a lot of humor that I appreciated on it. Um, and I thought it, you know, it was kind of exactly what I expected in terms of the story beats that were going to be put out there, but in, in a way that I, really liked i thought the animation looked good i thought the relationship between you know superman and crypto i thought worked really well so i i really liked it a lot and i've been recommending it to people <laughs> uh-oh <laughs> well the throw down <laughs> here we go yeah right there i mean i i also enjoyed it i must say because um i you know i'm a big fan of animated movies in general so i was very curious to see what this kind would be like and uh, you know being you know delving into both marvel and dc uh, this was i was like wow they actually made a movie about the pets of the superheroes I wonder how this is going to play out but i very much enjoyed it i found myself chuckling at a couple of the jokes i liked the story even though i was like wow so it takes a, a guinea pig to defeat the Justice League. Okay. So that I wonder whether that's kind of like either a dig at, the, at the, the Justice League because like, you know, all right. But other than that, I thought it was fun. I, I liked also the little homages we got, like obviously the Superman classic theme or the Batman theme and even the, the little, should we say, time we got to spend with the Justice League themselves. And when it came to the voice, uh, the voices and the, the, cat and the main characters, you know, so obviously our pets, I thought they were they were they were very charming. They were in, they were fun, and yeah, I was there for the ride. I didn't find myself kind of looking at the runtime, saying, "Oh no, how's it? How long is it going to last?" I think it flowed quite well. I think the pacing was decent, and we got a we got a good story. And if they ever do come out with a sequel, I'll go see it. I reckon. So uh, let's actually dive into our characters, starting off with our top dog himself. We have, of course, Dwayne the Rock Johnson as Crypto <laughs> the Superdog, aka Bark Kent. You have to love that. So, Case, you being the Superman guy, what did you make of a crypto? I, I I thought it worked pretty well. I mean, the the Rock is is everywhere. It feels like sometimes, um, and so it, you know, it made sense that he was going to be in a, a DC uh, animated movie at some point. I thought he his voice worked fine for this kind of like very very white lab <laughs> like whatever or labrador retriever kind of design that they had going for him um i 
I, I thought it did a really good job of getting the, the sort of anxiety that you see dogs sometimes have with their owners and, and especially in animated forms where they try to do the stories about like, oh, the owner has found love and no longer is going to love me anymore kind of things like that goes back to like Lady and the Tramp and like, yeah. so, you know, so many other adaptations. I think it worked really well here for the character uh, and then him having to bond with these other animals while he's depowered and they are not, I thought was a really kind of good element there for him. Um yeah, I, 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 I thought he, he was charming. I thought he did. The, he, he lived up to being like part of the super family and and trying to do the right thing at, at all the times. Even though there were moments where he was like a little like full of himself and whatnot, and like kind of like set up a character that was not infallible but was still innately good. Hmm. Yep. I, I definitely think so for sure. And yeah, I and it's interesting that you mentioned The Rock because usually wherever The Rock is in the movie, Kevin Hart is usually not far behind and no surprise he is in this too because <laughs> it seems like they, they seem to come as a package deal these days. And uh, when it comes to you, Joey, what did you make of our top dog? Um, It's tough because I didn't think the character of crypto was an issue. I, I appreciate just like uh, Casey said, you know, he as well. It was pretty decently written. Um, what going on with him being a dog and Lois Lane and Superman are going to get engaged and crypto is upset. He doesn't understand, uh, you know, obviously some of the jokes obviously didn't land for me. Um, they seemed a little out of place in the kids movie, but for the most part, character wise, he was fine. Uh, it just, the, the rock as the voice, I could never unsee the rock and, and right. he's not voice acting. He's literally just going into the booth as the rock and reading the lines. So there's, there's no like anything to it i i always wonder with these animated movies like why didn't they i, I understand like you want to have the rock out there doing commercials and interviews like that sells the movie but like how much could you have cut out of the budget by just having a voice actor do this part uh then rather have the rock come in and just be the rock <laughs> in the movie that like it's it just never i could, was never able to buy into his voice as crypto um mm. but he did okay as crypto really the only conceit for me with crypto is is it's tough is that he, he was always side by side with Superman throughout the whole movie. And you didn't really see that in the comics all the time. Like crypto wasn't always there 24 seven, every adventure together. I get it. It's a conceit for the storyline, but it, it was just kind of like, are you like, how would anything bad ever happen in Metropolis? Like at all, if you have two things, the power of Superman flying around at all times, like doing all this stuff. So, uh, it, it was a hard buy and that's just me being nerdy and weird, but I didn't like the rock <laughs> and I don't like anything. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll then be very curious when, when black Adam comes out and what you'll make of that when that comes out, <laughs> the hierarchy of power, in the DC universe is changing according to the rock when it comes to black. Adam. So, uh, we'll see. He looks like black Adam. It's fine, but I, I don't, uh, I, he's going to play himself again. It's going to be the rock in a black suit. So yeah, <laughs> I love Justice. I'm a big Justice Society guy. I love Doctor Fate, so I'm a little nervous, but we'll see. I'm always going to go in with an open mind. I don't know; my mind might be closed by the end of the movie, but I'm talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about that one myself. But and here, here's the here's the curious thing: when it comes to The Rock, I've seen very few movies of his, which I guess probably says a lot about my fandom when it comes to The Rock. You know, but... you don't go to Redbox very really often. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's that Redbox right. over there. <laughs> no, not no. We have, we have something similar, but um, but no. The thing is, red, just white, that... and green box. I don't know. There, something there. like that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but um, but no, it's it's um, it, it was. I think he suited the character. I mean, I, the, I guess so. Not being too familiar with Dwayne's voice, 
I didn't sort of alter, uh, initially go, oh, that's the rock. And I wasn't sort of able, like you were saying, to kind of unsee the rock rather than seeing crypto. And I did like the story for him because it's very much, you know, into Casey's point, starts off as being kind of maybe more high and mighty because he's got the powers and kind of doesn't give other people, other animals, the time of day where he's like, oh, you know, I will save you, citizen, and things of this nature. And he doesn't sort of really... Should we say wants to deal with folks below his station, and then of course it's very much I think that story of what's what's going to happen to a character when they lose their powers, and so he very much is sent down to ground level, and it's almost a rebuilding, almost a I think journey of self discovery I suppose one could say. In fact, that obviously makes new friends with it when it comes to the rest of the super pets. And I agree though to your point, Jerry, that initially his relationship with Superman might seem a little bit dare I say, clingy, if you will. But then again, we know that dogs tend to be more, should we say, attached to their owners than possibly cats. I mean, I speak as a cat person and my cat is usually happier without me than with me. So I guess that's probably what the situation is. But it, it did seem at first that he was very much, had almost a symbiotic relationship almost with Superman. Then if Superman's not around, what am I going to do? And he literally plans his life almost around Superman as in it's time to go walking or it's time to do this and it's time to do that. And so, yeah, he did seem a little bit clingy at first and almost gets upset rather easily. But I suppose then again, having known, known anything better as literally having been you know, grown up with Superman, at least in this version, I guess it's probably much that separation anxiety. It's like, why should the third person come into what we have? And also to Casey's point, it, I very much got a Lady and the Tramp vibe. So that might have been what they were going for. But all in all, I thought he uh, he did good. And, uh, and I like the character of Crypto. And a very strange thing happened to me actually the other day. After having seen this movie, I went to do some shopping and the guy was out walking his dog and it was a white lab. And I, in my mind, I immediately went, Crypto! And I kind of smiled and the guy looked at me going, are you okay? Because I was literally kind of <laughs> grinning as this dog passed me by because it, it was literally the spitting image of crypto. And so I was like, I suppose, and I now have view bias whenever I see a white lab because I'll see crypto, the super dog, because of this movie. So that was, a, that was an interesting experience for me. So uh, moving on then, guys, let's get to the future members of the League of Super Pets. Of course, we have the aforementioned Kevin Hart as Ace the Bat Hound, Vanessa Bayer as PB the Pot-Bellied Pig, Diego Luna as Chip the Red Squirrel, and of course, Natasha Leon as Merton McSnurtle, the terrific What's It, which is, of course, our red-eared slime. So, um, Casey, oh, Joey, actually, starting with you, what did you make of the rest of our team? Um, they were fine. I didn't have really many issues with them. Um, for me, really, it, they just felt real generic uh, kids' movie characters. Uh, they, you know, there really wasn't much there for me. Uh, again, coming back to voice actors again, like there was, there's no reason for Diego Luna to be the voice of chip it, it's it seems like a waste of money to be anybody could have done that part i didn't sit up and go thank god diego luna <laughs> was available to be the voice of chip because this movie would have fallen apart um so voice acting wise i mean they were fine but it i'm always going to err on the side of like let's get like actual voice actors parts in in these things and money as opposed to casting celebrities to put them on the poster so uh, some of that stuff always sits a little weird with me but character wise uh, they were fine i just think um and we can kind of get into that later but you know as you get to the end of the movie when they start pairing up with the justice league it was, it was a little strange there <laughs> it was a little strange i, I just uh, they were just generic kids movie characters to me i i never really felt bought into most of them uh, i did like kevin hart as ace the bat hound for the most part 
But again, much like The Rock, he he's not really voice acting. It's just Kevin Hart re- reading lines. So uh, maybe I was just expecting a little too much. Uh, and it doesn't really make sense like why he now goes to Batman other than everybody else paired off with other characters. He just was a dog. So, uh, yeah, I know. I know Ace the Bat Hound comes from like the golden age uh, yeah. of comics a million years ago. So, I mean, I know that, but... I just I never got the idea other than the two of them were the only two that didn't pair up with somebody at the end. And that's why he went with Batman. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they were fine. They were fine. But I was never like super emotionally invested in most of them other than Ace, other than Ace, who I thought they did a good job of developing. The other ones just kind of floated in and out, mostly for jokes. So. And uh, what did you make of the whole power thing and how they got their powers and, you know, them kind of you know showing off all their, their power sets? Did you buy that stuff? Yeah, that was fine. I mean, they, that's a conceit of the movie, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And the storyline's fine. Uh, I was I was worried what, what kind of kryptonite they were going to get at the beginning of the movie. It was orange, so I didn't know if it was going to be red or uh, some of the other different colors. Yellow. I, I can't. What does yellow kryptonite do? Come on, Case, help me on her. Uh, so gold <laughs> kryptonite uh, takes their powers away permanently. Okay, there you go. Okay, so I didn't I didn't know exactly what was going to happen, um, but. That was interesting. I'm glad it, it was a good conceit to get them powers. So it, it made sense in the flow of the story. So that was good. Um, it wasn't just rando superpowered animals for no reason. So <laughs> I guess technically crypto is a superhero powered animal, but it makes sense because he's from Krypton, right? That, so, right. 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 <laughs> so like, if, would any animal that came from Krypton, like let's say there was like a, some dust mites or something like on a rocket <laughs> ship, like if they came in the rocket ship with Clark, would they also have superpowers? That's Maybe. kind of implied. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I had no issue with it. Again, that storyline-wise, no issue with it. It was great. Uh, I had no problem with it. It makes sense within the context of the universe. So, Oh, yeah, I, I very much agree. And the case, what did you make of these guys? Uh, so, because I'm with Joey in, in terms of normally not being all about like stunt casting for, for parts. Yep. I do think there is a little bit of a difference between like the, the rock and um, Kevin Hart to a certain extent. Um, and then like, here's a comedian. Like, I think we have a great tradition of things like Robin Williams being the genie, for example, uh, in Aladdin where it's like, Oh yeah, it makes sense to bring in a, a funny person to be a part because like, I wouldn't want to lose Kate McKinnon and I wouldn't want to lose Vanessa bear. I think they were both great in their parts. Um, I really liked Vanessa Bear specifically as as PB the the pig. Like I thought the this weird neuroses she had about fitting in and about being like cool enough to be around Wonder Woman was great, and then paid off so well when they actually do like a team move where she's tied up in the lasso and becomes a giant bowling ball or like or a giant wrecking ball. Like it was amazing. I thought that was fantastic. Um, so I I do want to have those kinds of characters there. You know, setting up the the Ace connection with Batman. Like the whole movie, I'm like, yeah, it's Ace the Batman. So he's supposed to be the Batman dog, but he's just like, there, there is no connection there. And I thought they, I thought the sequence at the very end where they're both talking about how lonely they are uh, because of their like their driven missions was like, all right, that was a cute way to like tie it off. But it was very much like, yeah, these two unrelated characters, how do we connect them at the very end and of that, the movie? That was probably the best animated sequence in the movie <laughs> was oh, yeah. when, when they were showing them in the darkness and, uh, yeah, coming other's friends. I thought that was probably the best part of the whole movie. So, yeah, I mean, I I think it was like they were kind of struggling to get enough different animals because obviously, if they, you're because you could just use Superman and you'd have a lot just by virtue of like you could have Beppa the super monkey, you can have Comet the super horse, you can have Streaky the super cat. You know, you could have, you could have everyone that way. 
Um, cool. And so they wanted to have it be a, a wider swath of characters. And I get the impulse and it's cool to pull like deeper cuts, like the pig sidekick to Wonder Woman. Like who remembers this like random story from the like fifties. Okay. Like cool stuff to have. I'm I'm happy that they, they pulled it all, but it, it did feel like they wanted to like get out into theaters with this before Marvel had a chance to do something like the pet Avengers, which uh, where, which are, you know, more uh, established characters from all the, Pan- from the pantheon of like you know the falcon's falcon and like uh locky the dragon from the x-men and stuff you know like that like they wanted it to be all the corners of the dcu and so like some of it you know it was like oh wait is that ship like who is a green lantern but is also an alien and like it's like okay i guess we're re- making a conceit so it fits here uh all fine and having orange kryptonite be the catalyst for it i thought worked pretty well i like i like kryptonite has a long history of just being a MacGuffin. Uh, in whatever story you need told and like even the original kryptonite in the earliest um the drafts before they actually introduced it on the radio show had ideas that it would give humans regular like regular humans powers and take supermans away and while that didn't make it into the actual radio show like that was a thought there and so i think it you know it works fine (laughs) like the goal was to get to a point where you had a bunch of animals standing against an army of superpowered guinea pigs like it's a fun idea (laughs) Yes, I I think so. And I yeah, granted, okay, yes, like you said, some of the characters in the comics are a little bit different. In fact, I was a little bit being a big Green Lantern fan. I was like, so this is how you're going to make Chip a Green Lantern, okay? Um, but so I mean, but I guess I was like, okay, I'll roll with it. And I thought it was also kind of cool that for once we didn't have Hal Jordan, but we actually had Jessica Cruz. I was like, that is mm-hmm. awesome. They're actually keeping up because usually, you know, in these kind of movies, you'd have you know, uh, Howard Jordan. And so I thought that was kind of neat that we had that. Uh, that aside, I, I enjoyed these guys. I mean, I like the whole Ace the Bathound story that already uh, the way that he told his story of being uh, loved and then abandoned and what have you. At first, I actually was almost thinking that he might have been the, the, the Wayne's dog and he'd been abandoned and he didn't know that Bruce Wayne and Batman won the same. So I was, I appreciated that. And obviously the whole loneliness thing. And I agree. I loved when Batman is telling his, his origin story. Nace is telling, he's like, yeah, I can do I enjoy this. I very much got Lego Batman vibes when it came to that particular moment. And mind you, I love that film. When it came to PB, she was the, I think very much the heart of the team. And I loved this character. And, uh, you know, to your point case, Vanessa, I think very much brought her A game when it came to just playing the emotions of this very insecure pig who's literally a Wonder Woman fangirl and literally seems to know everything and anything about Wonder Woman. And you really wanted her to be able to achieve her goal and get to where she wanted to get to. And personally, I was very happy when that happened. Diego Luna, I mean, is always fun. He always he's always great to hear. And the fact of playing this kind of very jittery red squirrel, it, it worked. And I thought, and seeing these, I think these characters also come to terms with their powers, which is something that you would expect to see, because obviously they're not going to be mastering their stuff immediately. That was also fun. We did maybe could have spent a little less time on that, but uh, but it was fun to see that. But I think my favorite was literally Merton McSnurtle. This character just had me in stitches between obviously kind of trying to get it on with inanimate objects and uh, just being sort of very kind of, you know, a little bit sleazy. I, I think it kind of made me laugh when it came to that. And then the whole concept of, have you ever tried wearing glasses? And it's like, oh, wow, everything's changed now. So it was, it, I enjoyed that. So all in all, I thought the dynamic was there and these made for great characters. And as I mentioned before, should we see them again? I'll go. I'll, I'll put down a, a buck or two and go see him at the in the theater for sure. No problem there. In fact, funnily enough, I was pretty much the only 
person there who didn't have children actually seeing this movie was like, should I feel weird about this? But <laughs> but no, it was it was it was a good time. So yeah, I I agree. They were they were they were very well played. So anything else on our team, guys? Before we get to our villains. Um, there is one thing that we I wanted to mention when we were talking about crypto earlier and we kind of moved past, go, which go is uh, one of the fun things about Superman as a property is doing regular stuff, but having it be like twisted in some way that it is here's a super version of that, you know, like, oh, I have to work out. So I have to like lift up giant weights or like, oh, I have to take a shower, but it has to be scalding hot. Um, and I think uh, they took the opportunity at the beginning of the movie to do some of that with the, the Superman crypto relationship of being like, OK, the dog's going to try to wake you up to like take you on a walk or something like that. And it was like, OK, cool. We're going to do it like oh, it's going to be flying jokes and we're going to have those kind of elements in there. And I thought that what like that's innately cute and super relatable pardon the pun like because <laughs> because most people have dogs or have had an experience of having a dog at some point um you know understand all the tropes of like dog ownership and like playing it up and like making it a a uh, an, a super heroic version of that i thought did a really good job of establishing like yeah this is this is all that that dopey dog that like your friend had when you when you're growing up but he's got superpowers uh and this is all all the things about that that i thought worked really well and i i, I think was good <laughs> that's all it was good <laughs> just wanted to shout no, it out oh no and well said for sure so then i guess that let's get to the dark side of the table looking at our main villains two in particular because I mean, the other guinea pigs don't really get too much to do. So uh, I think we could talk about Winona Bradshaw as Whiskers, of course, the psychotic cat. And of course, our main big bad, Kate McKinnon, as Lulu the hairless guinea pig. And of course, as I mentioned, we do have a whole army of evil guinea pigs, but they don't really get much character development. So Case, when it came to these two characters, what did you make of them? I loved Lulu a lot. I mean, again, I like this movie a lot. Like they're, they're, This was hitting... All- across the board for me kate mckinnon i think did a fantastic job with this part i think it was like like her voice just worked so well with this creepy hairless like guinea pig i love the hairless component being like oh yeah science experiments from lex luther kind of stuff so that it like keeps this this vibe going for it all that i love her like adoration of luther and then when he like kind of turns on her like the fact that she's still you know She's still a villain first. <laughs> like she didn't like become good because Lex betrayed her. Like that's like still her vibe. I thought that was cool. I loved, you know, there's like some pinky in the brain vibes going on with her, like building her own tractor beam and, and, and whatnot. So, I, and I'm a sucker for those kind of things. Thought that was good. Um, and it made me think of the original, and this is a deeper cut than they're going to expect, like the, you know, the child audience to come in for, but it made me think of the original reign of the Superman, uh, yeah. like short story that preceded action comics. Number one, like the, where it's okay. It's a bald guy who gets superpowers and they're temporary and like, they're like psychic kind of powers like this. So it felt like kind of appropriate for that. Um, and it, it you know, it kind of made sense that this character would do pretty well. Um, I, I do think that like the guinea pigs got some good moments in there. Like we had Keith and Mark, which were Ben Schwartz yeah. and uh, Tom Middleton, uh, or T- Tom Middleton, pardon me, uh, who had like some good funny moments in there just in general. So like they, they were around for like some good quips. So I, I liked all that. Um, and then, uh, but, but then, yeah, the, uh, the, the cat was, uh, I, I like the running joke of, it's like, oh, it's a cat. Of course, we're going to save the cat. Of course, the cat's going to get adopted. Oh, of course. Like, oh, ki- you know, kitty. But then the kitty's also just a psychopath who's going to murder you because like, like I, I've had both dogs and cats and I, I love my cats, but I've also, I, I know that they would have killed me if, uh, if they were hungry enough. Like, <laughs> it's just how it is. 
and you have to love, I think, the contrast of this kind of very cute kitty with this very with Winona's very kind of childlike voice. And having all these kind of weapons of mass destruction, I think that it was fantastic to have kind of see this mm-hmm. this 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 contrast between these two things because Whiskers is almost like the most powerful character in this. I mean, aside from Lulu, she could pretty much do have her own kind of movie by herself and be the main threat. Seeing what she's able to do, like you know, shoot rockets from her tail and machine guns and all this kind of thing. So I'm like. Yeah, they they could possibly do a Whiskers spin-off at some point because I guess for all we know, Whiskers is still trapped under that uh, and, and under that what it was like a dumpster or something. I think it was, but um, but yeah, so she's still around. And uh, Joey, what did you make of these two? I actually really liked the villains in this movie, and I thought the best parts of the movie were when it was the League of Super Pets fighting against these characters. Like to me, that's when the movie works the most. So especially I thought Whiskers was hilarious because, uh, again, you, you I mean, you if you've seen enough kids movies or things like this, you know what's going to happen. But you also are still taken aback by it because they did a good job with the voice and the mannerisms and the animation to be like, all right, well, maybe maybe this cat's not going to be evil or something. But of course it is. And it was pretty hilarious. I actually enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, I do worry, though. I mean, is that cat still under that dumpster somewhere like <laughs> soldered to the ground like did someone save that cat that's what i was hoping for in the after credit scenes uh and lulu is is funny and and good as a, a villain i love when that she is interacting sometimes with the humans and they she'll go on a long monologue and they just cut back and they just they're just staying it's like superman is just staying there and she's like making hamster noises at him the whole time and, and he has no idea what's happening uh, i found that was hilarious and i thought the powers they gave her like the mental uh telekinesis gene gray type powers those were were great because it allowed her to be able to be a balance for the whole super pets team as just one person so that was cool and, and she had the army of guinea pigs i mean those guys were pretty hilarious too and then we got speaking of deep cuts i mean the two of them joined the justice league of pets at the end and they're basically fire and ice so mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, from uh justice league international god i'm i swear i'm married um but <laughs> I, I, I did enjoy the villains. I thought that's when the movie worked its best was when the League of Super Pets was interacting with them specifically. So to me, I thought they were the best part of the movie. Yeah, I tend to agree because uh, they were really, I think, the more, most most entertaining. And, and yes, Kate McKinnon was fantastic as Lulu. And she was literally the one that I look forward to seeing the most on screen. Whenever she was on screen, I was always very happy because... I think Kate is really so really was enjoying playing this character. Like, I think you could very much tell from just the way she was doing it that you could very much feel like she's having a heyday. She's really enjoying herself doing this because you really feel, I guess, the malevolence and how sort of convinced Lulu is that she will rule the world. And it's kind of like the butt end of jokes when she's at the pet store and then she kind of proves them all wrong. And, and it, it, was, it was fabulous. And I, I, did, I have to be honest, I didn't see that coming. To be, when first she was like doing her thing, I was like, oh, okay, it's the crackpot guinea pig who's just going to try and attempt to do stuff, but will never be able to do anything particularly interesting. So I was kind of like the rest of the animals at the pet store at the time. I was like, okay, it's not going to happen. But then when I was it, in the same does, boat because I I didn't see any spoilers for this or anything besides I think like the same trailer I saw at the movie theater five hundred times, uh, and then the kids made fun of me because they thought I would have to watch it for the podcast. Um, but yeah, so I was in the same boat with you. I was taken aback, like. I expect that to be part of them getting out of the pet store and having an adventure, not that she was going to be the villain of the thing. So that was a pleasant surprise. 
And unlike The Rock, I thought she did a great job voice acting. Like she actually was putting in a performance and not just showing up to read lines in the booth. So uh, all in, all in on Lulu. Bring it back. Bring her back. Run it back. (laughs) I I think there is something different when it's like a comedian versus when it's just a celebrity, Mm -hmm. you know, like because you can feel like they're for a movie like this, obviously, because we're talking about an animated comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It's true for sure. And also what I'm I glad she got out of the hot dog water at the end, though. I'll tell you, <laughs> that's, <disgusting>. so, <laughs> that's a fate worse than death. <laughs> at, at least she's still around to possibly have a sequel. As I mentioned before, I guess it depends on how well this movie ends up doing, because already it seems to be doing pretty well seeing the takings. So they might be, you know, feel the, the idea want to possibly bring a second uh, League of Super Pets, I suppose, depending on how well it does. But you know, that remains to be seen. And Whiskers, I also loved the Freddy Krueger references because it's literally a, <laughs> almost a child voice doing that whole one, two, Freddy's coming for you thing. So that really worked. And I, I had to laugh because being a, a big fan of Nightmare on Elm Street, I and, and I, we, I know that line has been used in countless films and countless TV shows, but it, it never ceases to amaze me to, to, get a, to get a laugh out of me. And just the, the fact that it was Whiskers doing it, it was it was wonderful. So I and so I guess there was something for us adults as well because I don't know how many kids have possibly seen Nightmare on Elm Street. Maybe, mm-hmm. but uh, but still, no. I thought it was fantastic. And the fact that she's so threatening, there's very much this almost a huge contrast, like I said before, of this minute kitty with these destructive powers that could literally destroy a city or level a city. I, yeah, she could literally be the most the most dangerous of the lot. And no surprise, she literally has our heroes at her mercy for a while until they come up with that battle plan of putting her under that dumpster. And I hope she's gotten out. I mean, unless she, you know, I don't know, was able to explode, explode off the uh, the dumpster truck. I have no idea. I just hope she hasn't choked to death. That would be very, it's a, be a very <laughs> dark moment in our movie. So I hope that's See, not the this case. is the manipulative power of whiskers in this whole movie that we're like, oh, I hope she's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, even though she would, she wouldn't even she would murder us all without a second glance. So yes, and we're kind of worried about whiskers. So yes, yeah. she she knows she has her weapons and she knows how to use them. Uh, so uh, guys, anything else on our film before we get to ratings? There is a lot of stunt casting going on in this movie outside of the main cast. Like all the Justice League are like fairly big people, and some are fun to like see here. Like David Diggs as Cyborg, I think really fun excuse to have a character like that. Uh, and, a, you know, a different kind of take on the character. John Krasinski is Superman. He does fine. But like, I don't know if I necessarily needed that. Like, he's fine. Uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so like the movie is very much like trying to stack the deck in its favor in terms of a box office success, trying to put as many names as possible into this thing that they know is, you know, custom made for a child audience to respond to. And at you know, Joey, as I'm, as you're very aware, a, a <laughs> child centric movie is going to get the parents in there too. So you're buying twice as many tickets automatically. Uh, so like you can see that in terms of like what the goal for this movie was, it was to make money. I I'm just surprised that it ended up for me being fairly charming. Mm, I actually wanted to add to that case. If we ever got this animated version of the justice league, would you go see it? Probably. I, I liked most of it. Uh, the flash design was like a little um, not quite hitting the mark for me, but like generally I thought they all looked pretty good. And the the action sequences, I think, had fairly good choreography. Um, so I think the animation moved pretty well for fights. 
Mm. And the other thing I also had to obviously add before we turn this over to Jerry as well is what did you make of the post credit scene? The fact we got the Black Adam dog. I was surprised that they did a, they, that they created a wholly new dog as opposed to trying to make some sort of reference to either Black Adam's rabbit or uh, <laughs> to have like some version of like Talkie Tawny or something like that in there. Oh, you know, like the yeah. Marvel family has so many like characters that they could have pulled on. Um, I thought it made sense, you know, like there's the whole Egyptian connection with Black Adam anyway. Obviously, it made sense that Black Adam's going to be there because, you know, The Rock and that movie's coming out soon. So it's like, all right, well, we can tease that one there. Um, and the fact that they like <laughs> sent him off and like to like Pluto felt like a callback to the original deal with Black Adam, which is the reason why he's showing up in you know, the 20th century is that he was flung super far into space and it took him that long to fly here uh, or <laughs> to fly back here magically. So it felt like kind of a callback to that aspect of it all. You know, I thought it was fine. Like we all know that Black Adam's coming out next. So it's like, all right, let's put a little call in there. And, you know, they, they created like an Anubis looking dog that like fits. <laughs> it was it was fine. <laughs> Would have yeah, been funnier I, if it was a rabbit. <laughs> you know, had that been the tone of the movie, I thought it would have been even more exciting, if you will, because the fact that it was so much darker. I was like, yeah, go with that next time. That could be what interesting <laughs> to watch. But uh, I guess it remains to be seen. And uh, yeah, Joey, did you have any any other thoughts on this film? And yeah, what did you make of the post credit scene? You know, for me, I, I liked the Justice League being in the movie. There's no way you have this movie without them in it. But some of the references and stuff were just it was a little much for me for think and trying to put it in the mindset. I'm going to sit down and watch this with uh, young kids. So, mm -hmm. like, we start right off with Krypton being blown up, but it's not really explained very well. Um, and I think DC might be overstating their place in the cultural zeitgeist right now i would expect you know kids to know more about marvel characters honestly than dc and that's sad but it's the truth um you know we live in a world where groot is more popular than superman right now so uh i i thought there were some conceits and some inside jokes and some stuff that just fell flat and, and it, it just really wouldn't work doesn't work for young kids like there's no reason for certain things to be in the movie there's, but most of the most of it landed, and I liked the I liked the way the team looked. Um, and you were right, Case. The action sequence was well choreographed. It, it was a strange choice of Green Lantern. I'm happy they used that one uh, for myself. I would have preferred to see Simon Baz if we were going to use one of the newer ones. That would have been uh, cool. Um, just because that's a that that's a type uh, not a stereotype, but it's a stereotype. You know, they're all stereotypes. But that's yeah. a type that you don't really see in a kids' animated movie is a, a Muslim man being portrayed heroically and not stereotypically. So that would have been nice. Um, but it was good to see her instead, and I was glad we got Chip out of that, which took me by surprise. I because it's a reference. It's a reference that no kid is going to get. But for me, I was like, oh, that's right. That is the the Green Lantern uh, squirrel. Okay, yeah, but. I mean, they were fine. It, it just, you know, when I look at kids movies, like I, I have like two levels. There's ones like I have to watch because the kids want to watch them and I don't have a choice. And then there's ones that we all enjoy together as a family that might be a little bit on a higher level. You know, I think about stuff like Coraline or Paranorman, you know, so, stuff that's just on a little bit of a higher level than some of this stuff. And and this just kind of went into that lower level of things where like, I'm sure your kid is going to love it and they're going to make you watch it 500 times on Blu-ray or HBO Max, but it just never got over that hump to me. But uh, the Justice League was fine. Justice League was fine. It was fine. 
Yeah, and I think that uh, Warner Brothers and uh, Discovery are like really sort of rubbing their hands going to going, yes, cash cow. Yes, this will bring us some money. Again. Over <laughs> yes, and over again. It's a, it was the, actually the after credits were weird, though, because you guys are right. I mean, it looked cool and everything. And obviously Black Adam, The Rock, ha ha ha. But we didn't get a Shazam. So, I mean, was there no, could the Joker have gotten an animal? Like, was there a, a, a better, like, uh, like a more of a four quadrant pleaser uh, character animal that we could have got at the end credits instead of Black Adam? Other than, again, it's kind of a weird reference where it's like, haha, the rock is in this and he's also Black Adam, but I, I would have preferred any other character. Sinestro could have got a, I don't know. A spider or something I, I don't know something you know like, <laughs> anything that tied back into the characters we had already seen we didn't see shazam through this whole movie so why would we care about his arch nemesis getting a dog you know like batman got a dog maybe the joker gets a cat you know like something that tied back into the movie instead uh so it's really that clash of the two movies you, know, you have this kids movie where the animals fight other animals and you have these weird um obscure dc universe references that keep butting in and and no one under 90% of the audience doesn't get them. So yeah, this is true. And I mean, I suppose granted the budget probably was or had already been spent on all the star power they had, but I agree. You could have even had, you know, Margot Robbie show up uh, as Harley Quinn with a hyena, for example, or something of yeah. that nature, which is obviously the animal is often associated with both her and the Joker. So you could have had that. That could have been fun to see just even for a moment. But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, all in all, I thought this was a fun movie. Like I said before, um, Warner Brothers, you can take my money if you're, you're doing a sequel, no problem. I'll be among the kiddies watching the sequel. But uh, I did. <laughs> One I ticket did... for Super Pets too, please. <laughs> yes. It's for, my, it's for my son who's back there getting popcorn. It's not for <laughs> me. <laughs> exactly. He has his own ticket. He has Fandango on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Exactly. But uh, no, all in all, I thought it was, it was a very, it was an entertaining watch. Um, it does have rewatchable value. I don't know if, if I would actually purchase it on Blu-ray when it comes out. But if it ever shows up on a streaming service, I'll probably watch it again because it's um, you know it's fun. It's a very sort of light entertainment. And uh, I did enjoy the post-credit scene. But yeah, it did seem a little bit too much of, remember, you have to come back in theaters to see Black Adam. So it's very much like a backdoor kind of promo almost kind of uh, advertising they're saying remember black adam because the rock is in this too so you're coming back right so i, I kind of saw that that a little bit but i did think the sh the uh, black adam dog was cut was cool i'm like yeah this is badass i want to see that more of this guy so <laughs> at least that was me i was kind of like you know raising my fist going yeah dark dog dig it so um, but other than that i had i had a good time so let's see then when it comes to ratings gentlemen joey what do you give this uh, movie out of 10 out of 10 oh boy um probably a three let's say oh, about a wow three out of 10. not yeah. even a passing grade no no nope no <laughs> I, I just i wouldn't recommend it uh to people that aren't being forced to watch it with kids um <laughs> i guess if your kids are like i really want to watch this movie then watch it um and it'll just be like any other kids movie that you had to sit through and wanted to die for most of the runtime um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it just didn't land for me. The, the humor didn't really land. Most of the references seemed shoved in. And at the end of the day, it was just kind of a goofy kids movie that I watched. So unfortunately, three out of 10 for me. Okay, so uh, Case, when it comes to you, does this movie pass for you? 10 oh, out yeah. of 10. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not a 10 out of 10. I, I would say that this is like solidly like an eight. Um, it, you know, it's 
I, I thought it was charming. I thought it like the, I, I thought the dynamics worked really well. I thought that we had some really good like performances by several of the actors. Um, you know, it's a little paint by numbers. It's not going to reshape the world or anything like that. But I thought it was a a perfectly fine, very fun romp with a bunch of super powered stuff in a world that, you know, was a bit more optimistic than a lot of times that they try to use DC for nowadays. And it's like, oh yeah, this it, it felt silver agey and fun. You know, like like the super pets uh, as a DC as like a Superman thing are are so fun, but they're so of a time. And this felt like a a pretty good update of that. Hmm. Well, I'm actually, I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of 10 as I very much enjoyed it. Uh, and as I said before, I, I probably will rewatch re if it's either on TV or on one of the digital platforms. And I would recommend it to folks. I actually recommend it to my friends uh, who watch superhero movies. I'm like, yeah, if you want kind of fun time and just sort of, you know, chill and just watch something that's not heavy with canon and stuff. So you, you haven't had to see the 800 movies prior to this <laughs> to understand what's going on. Because I do have friends that, you know, obviously either their husbands or the wives have seen every single MCU movie and the other hasn't. And like, I don't understand this. And I have to see all the other <laughs> movies. It's so frustrating. And like, and this is this one. What is great about this is it has no strings attached, which I think is also fun and good. So it's, it's a good standalone too, even though you don't get maybe all the DC references. So it's a seven and a half out of 10 for me. So getting to the recommendations, uh, Case, you know, for those who enjoyed this film and, and such, what do you think they should check out, uh, you know, think they might enjoy as much? Oh, man, <laughs> I, forgot. <laughs> I, I forgot to bring a, a proper recommendation. I'm going to just throw out Moana right now, because like if you want to see The Rock, if you're if you are in the mood for The Rock, uh, I, I think that that his role as Maui is probably the best thing he's ever done on screen. Um, he's still just playing the rock, but it's, he's playing this like underappreciated, uh, you know, cultural hero that, you know, we just don't talk about in the zeitgeist as much uh, and does, does a really good job there. And Moana is just an amazing movie that, yeah, is amazing. And uh, is incredible. And that is the, the difference of like the, the type of animated movie we're talking about here like league of super pets is like yeah it's fun i think like your kids will enjoy it it's a great time but i don't think it has as much to say as something like the the big disney movies that have uh really like grabbed the zeitgeist uh by the throat and so that's a good one to check out there great choice love moana to death fabulous fabulous movie and uh joey you having seen so many of the of these kid movies you know because ever take your kids to them what do you think they should they should check out if they enjoyed something like this uh you know there was a animated crypto the super dog television show i want to say 2006 2005 you got two seasons of it and uh it's goofy and it's fun and it's probably a, it's more of what was good about this. So the, the things that are good about this, where the pets are interacting, having pet adventures, um, that's the whole thrust of that television series. It was two seasons animated. Uh, it had Streaky the Super Cat, so no, uh, no Ace the Bat Hound in there. He may have made an appearance at some point, but... Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty ridiculous. You got a very tiny bit of DC stuff. It was mostly just wacky uh, pet adventures. And I just remember my daughter loved that show uh, when she was younger. So uh, that would be my recommendation. Crypto the Superdog, the series. Oh, very nice. Uh, when it comes to me, I'm going to actually recommend, if you like, should we say anthropomorphic uh, animals or animals with personality? I would probably uh, suggest you check out either Zootropolis, which I 
I adore. It's one of my all-time favorite uh, animated films. I had actually never watched it for a long time until a friend of mine said, you have to sit down and watch Zootropolis. I did. And it's awesome if you like kind of fun, as I said, anthropomorphic characters within a city. And the, the, the premise and the stories are so, so good. So I would yeah, say that, that was one that just came out of nowhere for us. Like my kids were like, let's go see that. I'm like, fine. And then I'm watching. I'm like, this is actually really good. Like, what, what's going on here? This is enjoyable. I don't want to die. I don't want to rip my eyes out right now. This is fantastic. <laughs> well, so that was that was a good day for you at the movies. Yeah, Joey, I think. Great day at the movies. <laughs> I'm just going to throw this one out there for any American listeners who are uh, moderately confused, which is that Zootropolis is the European name for Zootopia. And like, we didn't really bat an eye at this one, but it's just if anyone's like, what? Wait, what movie is he talking about? <laughs> thank you, Case. Yes, it's the golden robot. Okay. It's true. Yes, because because it, it, thank you for, for mentioning that, because it's true. On the other side of the Atlantic, we tend to name our movies differently. So uh, it's true that over there, it's Zootopia. And over here, it's Zootropolis. So uh, so th- cheers for that. I appreciate it. Because folks, you guys my, are more sophisticated. Was... So, you know, <laughs> Look, if you saw if you saw some of the Italian titles they give to American movies, <laughs> you would literally be in stitches because some of them are just insane. And I might actually share a couple of them <laughs> with you guys once we finish recording here because they're just <laughs> hilarious. And uh, added to that, I would also add a movie which I know probably didn't do too well, but I actually enjoyed, which is Life of Pets. I actually enjoyed that movie. I thought it was kind of fun. It's more simplistic, but uh, or Secret Life of Pets, pardon me. And uh, mm-hmm. that, that was fun. As I said, it, it's not top tier level when it comes to animated films, but it got a couple of smiles and chuckles from me being very much an animal fan. So I'm going to go with those two. So that's our movie, of course, dear listeners. And if you want to share your thoughts on the movies we discuss here, or if you'd like to be like Case and Joey and take the plunge and join us here on the show, you can do so by shooting us an email at happinessanddarknesshow at gmail.com. Once again, that email is happinessanddarknesshow at gmail.com. Feel free to show your support by giving us a like on Facebook, where you'll find us as Happiness and Darkness, or follow us on Twitter, we're at High Darkness Pod. Also, if you'd like to support the podcast for feeling generous, you can check out the great tiers we have going on on Patreon. There you'll be able to pick films that go outside of what are considered regular superhero movies, or even just films inspired by comics like 300 or Road to Perdition or I Kill Giants, or even films which inspired comics such as the Aliens franchise, Robocop, Terminator, and more. Check all that out and join our army of patrons. Head on over to patreon.com slash happiness and darkness. The big thank you to our wonderful patrons for their support. So, uh, Joey, actually, starting here with you, when you're not here discussing uh, DC's League of Super Pets, where can our fine listeners find you on the interwebs? Uh, well, I am the host of So Wizard Podcast, which is a weekly uh, movie review, TV review podcast. We do nerdy genre movies, so your superhero, horror, action, all sorts of stuff. We're there every single week. Uh, we just celebrated our eight-year anniversary Uh, We also have a YouTube channel, which is all supplemental content. So interviews with creators, uh, writers, directors, actors, all sorts of stuff, unboxings, trailer reactions. That's all on there. And we're across all social medias. Uh, Easiest way is to just go to SoWizardPodcast.com and you will find links to everything. Uh, And we look forward to hopefully checking it out. We got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Uh, We're going to be checking out the Lord of the Rings TV show. We got... uh, the monsters direct to Netflix movie coming up, which looks horrendous. So that should be a fun uh, <laughs> review. Uh, you know, we rolling into Halloween black Adam is coming up too. So uh, we never take a week off. We're nuts. Uh, we haven't taken a week off since we started. So we just dropped episode 400 and 
I don't even remember at this point. That's how sad my life is. I don't even know what episode we're on. Um, it was 400 something though. I don't know. Wow. Well, but we never take impressive. a week off. Uh, we we're, we're nuts. We we're, we're really crazy. So it's good times. So we'll be there every week and you need movies reviewed. You just come find us. Fantastic. And congrats on eight years of podcasting. That is, <laughs> that's definitely very yeah. impressive. Very impressive for it was, sure. It was good. I found uh, a few people that were masochists with no life like me. So, you know, <laughs> yep. We oh, managed to make it work. Well, evidently, <laughs> yes, because you've know, still been going after eight years. That's that's awesome. That's right. <laughs> and the case, where can folks find you? Uh, well, none of the things that I've been working on have been going for eight years, so, but uh, <laughs> we've hit some recent milestones, or we're about to, I should say, uh, when, this, when this is dropping. So I am the host of a couple of shows over at CertainPOV.com. Another Pass is a movie analysis show where we talk about how you could have fixed a movie that is fascinating but flawed uh, at the time of production, or sometimes we look at movies that overcame hurdles. Uh, and so we are actually about to hit our 150th episode. Uh, we're a bi-weekly show, so we've been going for six years. Uh, and so we are rounding up the last uh, five episodes up to 150 uh, by looking at the original Planet of the Apes series going in reverse order, uh, talking about them, which has been a trip. Uh <laughs> Because those are some wild movies. Uh, and I'm also the host of Men of Steel, which uh, we are about to hit episode 100 right now. Uh, so we've been, and that's also bi weekly. So we've been going for four years for that one. So big milestones, just not quite an eight year milestone. That's huge. Uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, all, all that's at certainpov.com and our, our YouTube channel, Certain POV Media. Uh, I've been putting out videos both for our podcast and also I do a series called Superman Analogs where we look at characters who are inspired by Superman. So those are fun little. You know, I, they usually run like two to five minutes. Like just here's a quick rundown on what this character and what, what it means to me um, kind of stuff. So ch check that out. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, an animated avatar of me. So uh, you can get an idea of what I look like and not have to be uh, harassed by the, the terrible visage <laughs> that, that uh, my two uh, co-hosts on the Zoom call are, are looking at right now. Um, so check all that out. It's good. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, folks, definitely be sure to check out all the wonderful things that both Joey and Case do because they are indeed awesome. And when it comes to me, for you uh, country music lovers, I can be found hosting the radio show Whiskey and Cigarettes. We play today's country, traditional country, and everything else in between. More info about that and where to tune in, visit our website. That's whiskeyandcigarettesshow.com. Podcast-wise, you can check out our other project, Gold Standard, the Oscars movie podcast, where with co-hosts Zan Sprouse and Rachel Friend, we're reviewing all the movies that won the Oscar for Best Picture from 1927's Wings to the present day. In chronological order, we're now slap in the middle of the 80s, and in two weeks we'll be reviewing Platoon, of course, the Oliver Stone movie. And if uh, superhero TV shows are your speed, myself and Charles Skaggs can be found on the Fandom Zone, where we're currently discussing episodes of Sandman and, of course, She-Hulk Attorney at Law. And speaking of things to come on this show, next time we'll be taking on the 2018 Brad Bird movie, The Incredibles 2. That said, when it comes to you, Joe, when it comes to you, Case, I of course want to thank you both so much for joining me today. It was a blast having you on and I definitely look forward to having you both back very soon. It was yeah, excellent. Always, thank always you for having us. Yeah. Yep. Anytime. Oh, Anytime. <laughs> the pleasure was certainly mine. Well, folks, thanks as always for this show and supporting us. We will see you next time with The Incredibles 2. Until then, stay super. Ciao, my people.
Thank you.